0: Hi and welcome to Two Sober Chicks. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And we are very excited today. We have discovered that we have gone global. We have indeed gone global. We are taking over (laughs) the world. The world. So we want to say hello to um, two of our newest listeners, Stu from the UK and Nikki from Melbourne, Australia.
1: I in particular would like to thank Stu because when we received communication from him, I realized that uh, I had been operating under the assumption that because I am a woman and you are a woman, that we have a female-geared podcast. But in fact, um, we are reaching people of all identifications. So... For anybody out there that felt like we may not have been um, inclusive, I apologize, and I'm so thrilled you're listening. And thank you, Stu, from the UK, my father's homeland.
0: Nice. And um, Nikki wrote us from Melbourne, Australia, and she gave us a topic suggestion. So we're very excited to talk about um, sober sex and sober dating, our topic for today on Two Sober Chicks. If you would also like to send a topic suggestion to us, please email us. It's the number two... Sober at gmail.com or you can visit us on Facebook and send us a quick message at two sober chicks
1: Awesome. So initially when this topic came up I was discussing with Lisa that I felt like it didn't apply to me because I got sober when I was married And then I remembered that the last uh, couple years of my marriage Indeed, I would have to consume copious amounts of alcohol just to feel something in order to be able to be with my husband Um, And that's also when I realized I drank to oppress or suppress my feelings rather. And then I also drank to feel feelings. So uh, once I separated from my husband and got divorced and started dating, um, I really had to look at what that landscape would look like for me. And it's pretty dangerous for us in early sobriety, as we've discussed in a previous podcast, because we're emotionally intense people. And for a lot of us, this is going to be the first time that we're going to be intimate with another human being while not being completely removed from ourselves emotionally or so far into our feelings emotionally that it becomes dangerous. I don't know about you because I I remember the first time I had
0: sex, it was under the influence. So my very first experience, I was intoxicated. Mm. And, And then that's pretty much for most of my life, how I had sexual relations. Uh, was under the influence of alcohol or drugs. And so I came to this delusion that it heightened the experience or it made it better when really it it masked it. It made it sloppy
1: and unmemorable. (laughs) Well, because we are also when we're intoxicated in any way, we don't have a pure connection to another human being. So we're not experiencing them spiritually, emotionally or physically for who they are and what is created between the two of us. Because we're in a relationship with whatever takes us out of our body or whatever brings us into what we think is a heightened experience. And that can really become a huge barrier um, in your sexual relationship with another person. And, and like you mentioned earlier about um,
0: feelings, you know, feeling our feelings for probably the first time in our life. It's often joked about that when we're new in recovery in that first year. Um, let's say I started drinking at 16, I'm emotionally at the mindset of a 16-year-old mm. because my emotional development basically stagnated at that point. Um, I didn't continue to grow. That's for me personally. Um, so yeah, I'm and I remember when I first got sober, I was in a long-term relationship. So I, you would have thought that, Everything would have just been hunky-dory and continued on fine, but it didn't. I remember all of a sudden having um, feelings of nervousness and anxiety, and um, I was self-conscious, um, body-conscious, and it was it was really awkward. And all of a sudden, it became um, aware. I became aware that I wasn't, um, I had not been fully present before, and now mm. I was fully present. And here were these feelings, and I didn't know how to deal mm. with them. And then I remember when that relationship broke up and I relapsed and I went back out and I started drinking again. Um, I had to drink in my mind to be able to go out on a date and to have sex with other people. Mm. And all this time I thought and people around me had thought that I was such an extrovert. You know, I'm outgoing, uh, I'm confident. And I was described by my peers as an extrovert. And it really made me aware that years ago, before I started drinking, I was actually more of an introvert, mm. and um, but I was lonely, and I was isolated, and I wanted to be liked. So I started to put on a show or put on an act um, to gain popularity, to be part of the in-crowd, uh, and to have people like me, and drinking was definitely part of that. It helped me um, deal with those feelings of nervousness and anxiety. Um, years ago, if I had to go on stage to introduce somebody, introduce a band... I definitely had to drink because I was going to be on stage in front of hundreds or thousands of people, and that terrified me, and I, w- I can remember standing on stage, and you can't see a lot of faces, but you just know they're out there, and so my knees would shake, and my hands would get sweaty, and I'd be backstage pounding a f- few drinks to take away those feelings, and so when we get sober, it's about dealing with those feelings um, maybe for the
1: first time. I think what's really genius too about our program is when we do our fourth, which is a written inventory of uh, fears, harms, resentments, and sex conduct. For me, looking at my fourth on sex conduct was so helpful because I looked at every intimate relationship I had had and saw the pattern of not speaking up for myself, sleeping with men too early, um, lying about things like. Uh, how many men I had been with or maybe I oh I've never done this before because I wanted them to have a certain experience of me or I felt like that was something that would be more attractive to them
0: or answering the question did you come (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah seven times
1: you stud (laughs) there is a reason our podcast has a little e next to it as an explicit (laughs) Uh, This is not a PG podcast. No. Um, But that really helped me go into sobriety and into my intimate relationships with a whole new level of awareness as to what I was doing, what my patterns were, what wasn't working for me, what was working for me. And being able to do that of sober mind is really helpful. I think learning how to be in your body and in your feelings in an intimate way with another human being of sober mind and body is really beautiful once you work through what that's supposed to be and what it looks like for you. As is any experience sober, sometimes it's really difficult at first, like we were at a concert last night. Um, a lot of people can't go to concerts unless they're drinking or getting high to enhance the experience. But when you have a feeling of energy rushing through your body in a sober way, there is nothing better on this earth because it's pure and undefiled.
0: Well, and the nice thing is we were at an indoor concert too. So there wasn't the smell of, you know, marijuana drifting our way and there wasn't a bunch of drunk people around us because they weren't serving alcohol. So that was a nice, uh, I, I have found too that I have changed the way I do things, um, Uh, I don't really like to attend a lot of major concert events because I don't like being around a bunch of sloppy people. But that's just me. There are other people who love music so much, they just tune out those people Mm -hmm. and they go for the music experience. But that's a different topic. Um, and then the other topic that, uh, morphs into this is dating when you're sober. And I mean, there's so many things we could talk about. We could talk about online dating and, you know, your online profile, or when you go out on that very first date with someone, um, when do you disclose? When's the right time to disclose that you don't drink? So, and we've both had some experience with that. So what do you have to say to people about drinking and, or not drinking and going on dates
1: so first of all I did online date for a while and it was important for me that it was right there on my profile whether I called it a teetotaler or I don't drink at all or I'm looking for someone who where booze isn't important to them or I think there was one where uh, a dating website where it said I drink however many times per week Like that was really important to me because I don't want to get into a situation where I go out with someone and like oops They really love to drink. Mm -hmm. Um, I have made the mistake of telling people right out of the gates. I believe that identifying as a person in recovery is sacred and holy and very personal. And only people that we trust get to know that information about us. So it really depends on the person. Um, I personally would tell people men right out of the gates. Mm -hmm. Because it's so important to me. They have to know right away that not only is it important to me, but it has to be important to them too they actually have to think that me being in recovery is a cool and something they admire about me. And I personally can date someone that drinks, but someone that booze is not important to them. I don't mind if they have a couple of drinks, they go out for the guys with pints, um, champagne on new year's, whatever. Um, but I remember a man asking me when I started dating about booze on his breath and I was like, I don't know I have to think about that I still actually don't know how I feel about it
0: yeah well I'm I'm in a sober relationship so I'm very grateful for that because if I was with somebody who was drinking and I was sucking your tongue I might be sucking it for the wrong reasons if you just had some scotch you know you might be thinking I was more into you than I really was and it's just the taste of you that I'm into um and yeah when uh going out it is funny how um if you disclose too early people will judge you and isn't it funny that they judge you for not drinking All the things that I did in my drinking history, and now I'm judged for not Mm. drinking. Um, People do see you a little bit differently. So let them get to know you first. But yeah, I did put on when I did the online dating thing. It was very short. I didn't really take to it. Um, But when I did that, I did put that I I didn't drink or I wasn't a big drinker. Um, Because I didn't want to attract people who were big drinkers. Because I thought, it's not going to work out. So why even bother starting something? So I definitely put, you know, like you said, teetotaler. Um, on my profile and then after I got to know somebody then I would I would yeah. disclose or it would become apparent to them because they would notice yeah wow well, I notice you
1: never order wine with dinner no nope, I don't I don't I don't like wine I used to love it when it's so clearly stated on my profile that I don't drink and men would ask me to go, to go out with them for a glass of wine and I'd be like, well, first of all, you either A, can't read, which won't work for me, <laughs> or B, you're just an idiot because you didn't read anything I said. So the answer is no. I think one, one guy, it was a Wednesday, and he's like, it's Wednesday. Would you like to go out for a couple after work? And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. The online thing did not work for me, uh, which is why I stopped two years ago and just gave it all to God. That's
0: right. And that's another story, how that's turned out. Remarkable. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, So hopefully you enjoyed our little discussion on sober dating and um, sober sex,
1: and if you want to know more, you can
0: uh, email us.
1: We would love to get into any in-depth conversation. If there's something we missed and you'd like to have addressed, we will always get to your topic suggestion, unless it's super inappropriate. But then again, we're kind of super inappropriate, (laughs) so who knows what that would look like. It's
0: Eve for a reason. So drop us a line at 2 Sober Chicks on Facebook or send us an email, the number 2soberchicks at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate that you're here with us on this journey of recovery.
1: I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. We out.